that. And feel free to write all over the page, though, any questions that you have or just additional thoughts as we go through the study tonight. I am going to ask several people to be willing to read Scripture tonight, so please have your Bible opened up so that you can help us as we go through this Bible study together tonight. The title of our study tonight from Psalm 100 especially verse 5, is showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. Let's read all of Psalm 100, and when we get to verse 5, which is our memory verse, I would like everyone to read out loud tonight. Hear the word of the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. Together, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Amen. So, showers of blessing. We love that hymn that we sing, don't we? There shall be showers of blessing. Send them upon us, O Lord. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. The man who wrote that song, his name is Daniel Webster Woodle. Sometimes when he would write hymns, he would go under the pseudonym of El Nathan. Probably another one of his hymns that uh, you'll remember is he, he, he also wrote, uh, I Know Whom I Have Believed. Uh, Y'all are familiar with that one? Yeah. yeah, I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed. That's another one of his hymns well he wrote also wrote the hymn showers of blessings from which we've taken the title for our message tonight and i was real uh interested in and enjoyed learning about his life he was born right before the civil war and when he was old enough to join as a very young man against his mother's wishes and cryings and prayers he went and joined up to fight in the Civil War. He went through several battles, and he said when uh, he got to where he had enlisted and he was shown where he was supposed to say, he was going through his knapsack, and he saw that his mother had packed a little New Testament uh, down in his knapsack uh, for him to have and to carry uh, through the war. Well... In one of the battles, he got knocked unconscious, and he was wounded. And when he woke up in the hospital tent, they had had to remove his right arm. They'd had to amputate his arm at his elbow. And, of course, you know, he was devastated because he knew that, um, you know, that was going to hinder him the rest of his life. Well, he had a lot of downtime while he was trying to recover from that injury and it was toward the end of the war and so he didn't have anything to do 
So he remembered that his mom had packed him that Bible in his knapsack. So he got it out and he just started reading it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It was just one of the little New Testaments. And he would read it through. And he got through it. He would read it through again. And the story goes uh, in his experience that he was reading it and it all made sense to him. But he didn't feel at all like that it was, was real to him. That he really saw that salvation could only be through Jesus Christ. And another man was injured and brought to the bed next to him and this man was fatally injured and he could hear the man crying out at night uh to the nurses you know for help and the nurses would come and do all that they could for him and finally the doctor just told him you know sir we're just so sorry but there's nothing more that that we can do your injuries are fatal a fatal you're probably going to pass away this evening and so night fell and he he could hear the man crying and he cried out to Daniel and he said would you come pray with me and Daniel said man you know I'm not even a Christian myself and the man said I just need somebody to pray with me he said I see you reading that Bible all the time what do you mean you're not a Christian you read you know 24 hours a day and so uh Daniel said, you know, he just felt the Lord telling him that he needed to go and pray with this man. And so his, his, he tells of his experience actually in a book that he wrote. As the uh, name of the book is Men Twice Born. Men Twice Born. And he said his testimony was that as he was praying for that man, that that man might know the Lord and might know the Lord's forgiveness that he might enter into heaven in peace with God. He said he felt God come into his own heart and save him in that moment, even as he was praying for someone else uh, uh, to be saved. And so after that, he got out of the army and the war was, was over. He uh, uh, had certain ventures that, that he tried to do, but finally... He just gave his life in service to God, and he became um, a helper to D.L. Moody in his uh, ministry and uh, helped him with worship, and he wrote a lot of hymns. Even uh, this man's daughter, Daniel Whittle, his daughter married one of D.L. Moody's uh, children, one of his sons. And, uh, and so that was just kind of his testimony and uh, he said that he lost his right arm, but that he found God's right arm in, in the process. And that's pretty amazing that a man that had seen the things that he had seen in war, that experienced the loss that he had with the limb, that that's the man that wrote showers of blessings. And that's what I see in uh, verse 5 of Psalm 100 and and that's how that we want to uh, look at this and we're going to use as a framework there's really three parts to psalm 5 he talks about the goodness of god the mercy of god and then the truth of god and to me that's just like one shower after another or one wave after another from heaven's shores 
to our lives? Where would we be tonight without the goodness of God? Would you want to be in this world if God was not good? Where would you be tonight? Where would I be without the mercy of the Lord? And then also the truth of God, how much that that means to all of us. Truly, these are some of the ways that He, had sh he has showered blessing upon our life. So at the beginning of your notes there tonight, uh, this psalm, Psalm 100, you'll notice that it is titled the Psalm of Praise. The Psalm of Praise. How wonderful that, that we have that even in uh, the title. Something that, uh, a psalm of uh, something to shout joyfully, as it were, uh, in this low ground of sin and sorrow. A psalm of praise. So first, we want to talk about the inexhaustible uh, fountain. That's our first point. The inexhaustible fountain of God's goodness. The psalmist says, he says it as a statement of fact, for the Lord is good. Notice that he doesn't say the Lord does good things. Now, does the Lord do good things? Yes, but do you know that God doesn't do things because they are good, but things are good because God does them. God is the source. He is an inexhausted, inexhaustible fountain of goodness in this world, in this universe, in our lives. And this would be true of God, even if God had never displayed it to us. God would still be that good. But isn't it wonderful that in the will of God and in the heart of God, God desired to show and reveal His goodness to us. God is, is good even to the wicked. Amen? That's amazing, isn't it? He sends the rain on the just and the unjust, right? He is, he is good uh, to all. He is a fountain of goodness. Even in our original English language, the original Saxon word for God, G-O-D, came from that original Saxon word which meant the good, the ultimate good, who they viewed as God, that God was the good, the ultimate good, a fountain of goodness is God. So, Brother Drew, going to start with you, Psalm 119.68, talking about this shower of God's blessing. I tell you, beloved, I just wouldn't want to live in a world without a good God. I don't know if you have uh, followed this story about uh, this U.S. soccer player. She was a, a female U.S. soccer player. Um, she's real big into the LGBT community. Uh, Megan Rapino, I think is her name. Well, she was in one of her last games, and six minutes into the game, uh, she tore her Achilles tendon. And that ended her career. And, of course, she was upset about it. She's always been really uh, anti-God. And she said, you see, uh, this proves that there isn't a God because how could a God that's good allow this to happen uh, uh, to me? And um, so, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, called her on the carpet. 
about that and, and the implications of what she was ta- saying, and she received a lot of criticism for it. Well, to the, today I I saw that she wrote that uh, there's a special place in hell for people who took delight in her her injury. You know, and I, th- I think well. You know, you're contradicting yourself. You say that there's there's no God and there's not a good God, but you say that there's a hell for people who do bad things. You know, she's just all over the place with her understanding about spiritual things. And that's the way that we would be too. We can't, you know, judge her too harshly or cruelly because we only know the goodness of God because God has revealed that to us. He has made that real in us in our lives but um you know it's just sad that uh people want to cast dispersions upon our good our good uh and benevolent god i tell you in my life i've found that sometimes god's the dealings of god's providence in a in a fallen and cursed and sinful world sometimes they're hard to understand Sometimes it's, it's hard to see and even to deal with uh, like this young Pounders girl. Oh, it's hard to think of what if that was my daughter that I found out had cancer and, and she dies even before, you know, she's 20 years old. That's, that's hard. And even but in seeing all of that, we have to understand what the Scripture teaches us is that God is still good no matter if we have to go through things that are tough or uh, endure hard things, that all the evil and sin that's uh, in the world, uh, God is not the author of that. That that happens because we rebelled. We sinned against the very goodness of God uh, to us, and we have to accept that uh, those things have fallen upon us uh, because of our own wickedness, but that we have a good God that can even bring good out of evil. Do you rejoice in that tonight, that our God is so good that he's even able to bring good out of evil? So he's a fountain of goodness. Brother Drew, Psalm 119, verse 68, please, sir. You are good and do good. Teach me your mm. Yes, thou art good and doest good, teach me your statutes. Lord, teach me to be that way. Teach me, uh, are we uh, good in and of ourselves? The Bible says there's none good, what? No, not one. All are, have become unrighteous. All are gone out of the way. Even uh, one time uh, a person came to Jesus and they rightly said, Good Master. What may I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus looked at him and said, Why callest me good? For there is none good but God. Making that man acknowledge and the people around see, if Jesus truly was good, the good, he was also God. It was a claim and an understanding of, of deity and the true goodness that was in Jesus Thou art good and doest good. And we see that in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't only that he was good, beloved, he also did good. And I think about that scripture that says, He that doeth righteousness is righteous. So we know that's 
so true, ultimately, of God himself. He is the sunum bonum. Uh, that's Latin for the ultimate good. All right, so this is the life of the believer's trust. Amen? That we serve a good God. Yes, sometimes I have to go through things that hurt, but God's still good. We see that in Joseph's life, don't we? At the end of his days, when after everything that he had been through, he looked at his brothers and he said, What you did, you meant for what? For evil. But God meant it for good. And God had purposes in all those things that they couldn't see and that they couldn't understand. But I believe that that was the life of Joseph's trust all through those years in the prison. All through those years in Egypt, away from his family, even though those things that had happened to him, he still believed in the goodness of God. He had to. And it was true. And God revealed and showed His goodness to him. And so He does to all of us. And ultimately, in our, in our lives, even with the things that we can't understand and that are so hard, I believe when we uh, pass from death to life and... And we're in heaven. It really will be true. What it says we'll understand it by and by. And we'll see the goodness of God displayed in a greater way than we ever knew upon the earth. And so this is the life of the believer's trust that I serve and that I love and that I follow a good God. All right, Sister Gigi, Psalm. 33.5. Let's continue in the Psalms with this inexhaustible fountain of God's goodness. Is, Daddy, is God going to run out of goodness? No, he's never going to. He's a, like a Brother Kevin has taught me sometime uh, about the wells that are around Memphis. They're called artesian wells, right, Brother uh, Kevin? They're artesian wells, and it's almost like they have no limit. Uh, when we were in Riverside uh, last night uh, from the high school, it looked like you could pick up a rock and throw it into the Mississippi River. And there's just so much water down there. And the land's so fertile. I told Mary Reese, I said, I bet we could dig five feet down and we could have us a well <laughs> that the Mississippi, you know, would start springing up water to us. Well, God's a greater fountain of goodness than that. He is a he is inexhaustibly good. So, Sister Gigi, Psalm 33 and verse 5. Hit us with this shower of blessing here. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of God. Isn't that wonderful? You don't hear that on the nightly news, do you? We had a long drive yesterday. We listened to some Christian music. We listened to some hymns. And so we just decided to listen to the news for a while well, about an hour of, of the news, we said, well, we're just turning this off. We're just getting depressed, right? But the truth is, beloved, the truth is, and we can feel this shower of blessing that the earth is full of the goodness of God. If we will open our eyes uh, to see it and ask God to unveil it for us, we will feel those showers of blessing. If we look for it, even in our own lives, look at who we have in our lives to love us to share our lives with. Look at the blessings that we have tonight to come in freely uh, to the house of God and worship Him without 
fear showers of blessing showers of blessing so this is what's so wonderful about god is not only is he just so full of this goodness not only does he do good himself but then he grants and blesses us also with that goodness he floods it out of himself into our lives his virtue his goodness remember the woman that had the issue of blood and she said, there's so much goodness in Jesus. If, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I could be healed. And so she worked her way through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. And immediately she felt herself to be healed. And the Bible tells that Jesus felt the virtue, the goodness go out of him. He extended that goodness to her Oh, let that, let that rejoice. Let that be a shower of blessing to your heart tonight. Is this not why we have joy? Remember all that is said in Psalm 100. Uh, let's just go back uh, to our text. And because God is this inexhaustible fountain of goodness, isn't that why we can make a joyful noise? If God wasn't good, could we make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands? No, but every land, every people around the world can sing joyfully with a heart of joy because their creator, their God, is a, the true God of heaven is a good God. And He does good. And he's, His goodness uh, is spread throughout the earth. This is why there can be gladness. This is why there can be singing. This is why there can be thanksgiving and praise and blessing. Why? For the Lord is what? He's good and very good. Even everything that He made. When He had made everything, Brother Kevin, we were talking about this the other day. You'll appreciate this as an engineer and builder. You know, you plan. Uh, you, you get everything lined up. You get everything uh, built. But then almost as soon as it's finished, there's something that needs to be fixed. There's, there's something you know else that needs to be done. There's this little thing, that little thing. And even when you get it all done, probably the first thing that you did was start it. It needs something else done to it. Isn't it amazing that God made all the universe? He engineered the whole thing, Brother Kev. You talk about an engineer. And then he just rested. He just rested. He didn't have to fix anything. He didn't have to make anything uh, better. And, it, and it's still, uh, without man's sinning and uh, bringing sin into the world and the second law of thermodynamics, uh, and it still it's amazing that he's upholding all things by the word of his power. But, you know, not only did he rest, but he said everything that he made was what? Is good. Is good because he is good and so what he made is good oh beloved how wonderful now gonna really all right so we got this is why we have joy this is why we have gladness and this is why we have thanksgiving and when you see people out here that are living miserable lives and god help them and because that's exactly the way that we would be and that's where we would be in misery in sin in bitterness, in complaining, uh, digging cisterns for ourselves that would hold no water, forsaking the fountain, this inexhaustible fountain of living waters, that would be us. And the reason that they're that way is because they refuse 
to see the goodness of God to them. But do you see it tonight? How good God can you say, oh God, you've been so good to me. I cannot tell it all. You have showered me with the blessings of your goodness, Lord. Yes, sir, my brother. Go ahead, brother. Yes. Yes. Thanksgiving. Yes. Amen. No, sir. No, sir. That's why we have joy. That's why we have gladness. That's why we are have thanksgiving because we have felt and seen and known the goodness of God as an inexhaustible fountain. All right, Nahum. Uh, let me try Mama. Do you think you can find Nahum? Hey, you're already there. Knew I was going to call on you, huh? All right, Nahum. We don't turn to Nahum much. That's in the Minor Prophets. Nahum and then Habakkuk, right? All right, so Nahum, it's this whole book about uh, its prophecy against Nineveh. And uh, we know about God's dealings with Jonah through that. But please, Sister Junie, if you will, read for us Nahum 1, 7. He's good. And this goodness of God, this attribute of God, for the people of God who trust in Him, it says that it's a stronghold in the day of trouble. If I lose my job, is God still good? If I lose my health, is God still good? I think Fanny Crosby, she said God's still good. I think uh, Daniel Webster Woodle, even though he lost his right arm, he would testify, God is still good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble, this good God. And he, not only do we know him, but how wonderful it says that he knows us. And this is mostly greatly seen and admired in one person. We have seen the goodness of God on display. In who? In the person of his son, right? Jesus. He was called the good master. He was called the good shepherd. And I love that saying. And I love it. And I love to hear people say it. God is good when? All the time. And all the time God is good. Amen. Do you believe that? Have you experienced that in your life? Oh, beloved, we need to be sharing that with a world where things aren't good. Uh, the devil, as, as good as God is, the devil is that bad. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful to see that shower of blessing in our life. Secondly, secondly, not only is he an inexhaustible fountain of goodness, he is the ever-flowing stream. We have the ever-flowing stream of God's mercy. Just being by the Mississippi River always amazes me. Of course, Mississippi, the name Mississippi means the great river. And whenever I'm by and I just see those thousands and thousands of tons of water just constantly going down into the Gulf of Mexico. And it's like there's just a never ending supply of water. But I just tell you all this. This to me is an amazing thing that back in the earlier centuries, there was an earthquake 
in our area. Do y'all know that the Mississippi River itself went backward? I forget for how many days it even created some of the lakes. Uh, I don't know if it was in Arkansas or up around. Yeah, yes, sir. And uh, just amazing to think about the Mississippi not going north to south, but going south uh, to north. But just the volume of water that constantly. And so we think about this ever-flowing stream of God's mercy. How did Psalm 100 say it? He said, for the Lord is good. He makes that statement. His mercy is everlasting. You know, if God's grace, we talk about the grace of God and we love the grace of God and mercy is a grace from God. It extends from the grace of God as does the goodness of God. But if God's grace is giving us what we do not deserve, then mercy can be seen as God keeping from us what we do deserve. Oh, I love this. Brother Paul, Psalm 145 if you will, Psalm 145 and verse 9. I'm glad that we serve a merciful God. I love those songs. Depth of mercy. Can there be mercy still reserved for me? Oh, I'm so thankful that uh, not only do we serve a good God, but we serve a merciful God as well. Brother Paul, Psalm 145 verse 9. Amen. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Not wonderful. What a what a bounteous God. What a great heart. And so mercy is God's heart. God's heart to relieve the misery of fallen creatures. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord is good to all. If you look up above at verse 8, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and there it's called of great mercy. He continues on, the Lord is good to all. And then he calls it his tender mercy are over all of his works. I tell you, you look out into this fallen world that we have and you see the misery that is there. I'm glad that I can tell the downtrodden, that they can come to mercy's door and they will not be turned, or, turned away. God ever has been merciful. It's one of His attributes. He is everlastingly merciful. But just to uh, um, distinguish it, I, I wrote the, the word down here, but just to distinguish between grace and mercy. See, mercy, you can write this down, mercy presupposes sin mercy presupposes sin remember we said that mercy is God keeping from us what we actually do deserve but what do we deserve sister Vicki we deserve to be punished for our sins we deserve to stay forever in a sinner's hell away from the wrath of God that's that's what God would do if God was just fair but aren't you glad mama that God's not fair but he's merciful he he can give you what you don't deserve, but He can also keep from you what you do deserve. So the elect angels, I, I wrote that they know grace. That should be K-N-O-W if you'll change it in your notes. K-N-O-W, they know grace because they were kept from falling. They were kept from sinning and 
They were put on an unconditional footing before God. They didn't, they didn't deserve that. That was God's unmerited favor toward them. He showed them grace in keeping them in that state. And so they praised Him for it. And so they should. But man has not only known the grace of God, but man has also known the mercy of God as well. Elect men have. Have known both His grace and His mercy. And so we should praise Him more than any angel ever thought about praising Him. And do you know that we're going to even be raised above the angels one day because Christ became a man. Became our brother. He is not brother to the angels. But he is brother to us. No doubt probably if, if Lucifer got wind of that. In the eternal counsels of God. That might be one of the reasons why he tried to revolt against God. He wasn't going to have man uh, ascend over him. Uh, in God's order of things. But hallelujah. God's counsel stand. And he does all of his will. So Psalm 5710, um, Brother Bobby, if, if uh, you can get to that one. Psalm 5710, we're still talking about this overflowing stream of God's mercy. I'm glad that we are not just under the mercy of men. Right? Oh, man. If that was true, we would be of all men most miserable because man's mercy is very fickle. Man's, ver man's mercy can change on his whims or circumstances, right? But not so with the mercy of God. Brother Bobby, Psalm 57 and verse 10. If you can... Yes, sir. Amen. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens. This is the attribute. This is the attribute. The mercy of God is the attribute that sent Christ to save us. Christ was sent to save us because of this shower of blessing we call mercy. Because out of the ever-flowing heart of God streams out His mercy to relieve the misery of of fallen creatures and mercy is a deep well of which no one has ever plummeted the bottom his mercy is enduring his mercy is unbounded i love this one his mercy is sympathetic what does what does that mean that his mercy is sympathetic what does it mean to have sympathy right right do we have a high priest that's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, that in all points was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Oh, I love that song that says, Sympathizing Jesus. Sympathizing Jesus. His mercy, He's sympathetic to us. He knows our frame, that, that we're but dust. He, he knows what we go through uh, in this life. And His mercy extends to us. Brother Kevin, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, please, brother. Oh, man. What a verse, right? 
would that Megan Rapino would know that about God. Would that she would see God in that way in her life. May we pray for her soul that she would say one day, Blessed be God, not cursed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not a God that I blame when things don't go the way that I want. But He that can even bring good out of evil in my life. He that may allow my body to be destroyed, but that He would save my immortal soul. He would allow me to lose my right arm, that I might find God's right hand and say, showers of blessing. An inexhaustible fountain of goodness. An ever-flowing stream of mercy. Isn't that neat to think about that mercy? That, that no matter how sinful, no matter how wicked anyone has ever been, if they have come to mercy's door, the door has been opened unto them. No matter how deep that they need to plunge themselves with their life, their circumstance into the mercy of God. His mercy was deep enough that they never reached the bottom. Hallelujah. Enduring mercy. Unbounded mercy. Sympathetic mercy. Lastly, thirdly, these showers of blessings that they keep coming upon us. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And then, the fathomless ocean of God's truth. The fathomless ocean of God's truth. Because what good would it be, Sister Larissa, if we said God is good and we said God is merciful, but that that wasn't true? It, wouldn't be, it would be empty. It would be vain. But the truth of God makes His goodness that good and His mercy that deep because it's all true. God's truth, beloved, is not your truth or my truth. You know, they said Bill Clinton, when they asked him, will you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, he thought that was three different kinds of truth. <laughs> no, God's truth, His truth, endureth to all generations. That makes me thankful for you, Mary Reese. And I think about your children one day. And we see the course of this world, how evil it is, and, and what that y'all might face. But I rejoice to know that whatever it is in your generation, when I'm past and gone, God will still be good. His goodness will still be here for you. His, His mercy will still be here for you. His truth will endure to all generations. It is a fathomless ocean of God's truth to protect us from a tidal wave of error and hearts that seem to always want to believe a lie. Think about our first parents. God had told them the truth. Don't eat to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can have everything else. I've given you everything. But you're, you're mortal. And you must be obedient to God's commands because uh, you're mortal. Just because Adam and Eve hadn't died, it didn't mean that they couldn't die. They were still mortal beings. And God knew that. They must be protected under the Creator, under the Maker. Gave them a law for their good. But rather than believe the truth, they wanted, 
would rather believe the lie of the devil who said, just change it up one word, right? You'll not surely die. Did they die? Yeah, even though Adam lived like 950-something years, it says and Adam died. But greater than the natural death was the spiritual death that they experienced. There is a tidal wave of error in this world and in our hearts. The only thing that is there to protect us from it is this great belt of truth. Remember in the armor? That is described in Ephesians 6, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and gird yourself with the belt of truth. Let's go, uh, Sister Vicki, let's go uh, Psalm 91, verse 4, as we think about the truth of God. Uh, before you read that, i, I got to explain what I meant about Tonto's famous words. You know, I was a big Lone Ranger fan, and and Tonto always felt sorry for Tonto. Tonto always went to town, got beat up and captured <laughs> about every other episode. I, I always wondered if he didn't say to Lone Ranger, hey, how about this time you go to town <laughs> and get uh, beat up? And, and uh, so uh, I remember uh, one episode, uh, he had rescued uh, Tonto, and they, they were trying to figure out what was going on, and uh, the Lone Ranger had had thought one thing and Tonto said well actually Kimasabi uh, was this way such and such and uh he said man how did how did you find that out how do you know that all right already and, and Tonto said bad news travel fast <laughs> and that's so true about about lies that I remember seeing this on a sign in uh Mizuzu Malawi behind the desk of the Mizuzu tourist lodge it said uh a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth can get its boots on. The tidal wave of error in our hearts are so prone to believe it. Like in the devil always trying to tell us that God isn't good, right? In the devil always trying to tell us that God is not merciful, right? But the truth says he is good. His mercy is actually everlasting. And so here, Sister Vicky. Psalm 91 4, please. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Amen. Hey, listen to that. His truth shall be thy shield. Mary Reese, you remember that in your day as the enemy comes in like a flood against your generation and all those who would love and follow Christ still in this world that you will always be able to swim deep in the ocean of God's truth, that you'll have it as a shield. You can be covered under His feather, under His wings, and you can trust in Him, and His truth shall be like a shield and like a buckler to you and to all those who trust in the Lord. John 17, 7, Sister Regina. John 17, 7. We want to pack the Bible, beloved, in our hearts. Amen? We want, we want to meditate on His law day and night. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why do we feel that way about His word? What is His word to us, Sister Regina? Now they have known that all things that flow about from me are of thee. Mm. John 17. I'm sorry. 7. Oh, I'm sorry. 
17, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. You read the right one. 17, 17. Thy word is true. There it is. Sanctify them. Separate them. Protect them through your word. Your truth. Your word is truth. The great fathomless ocean of God's truth. Another one of the showers of heavenly rain coming down into our lives. Pack the Bible in your heart. Beloved, it is heavenly treasure i always love they talk about the abcs of the bible it is a treasure a that is to be adored b believed and then c communicated and if you know the abcs you won't be def deaf right to god's blessings in your life the bible says if you'll know the truth the truth will set you what free it unbounds you it unbounds you from the lies of this world and then uh sister mary reese second john second john uh toward the end we're talking about his second epistle his second epistle john chapter one uh, second john one and verse two this is something that is uh precious to every uh parent who really loves uh, their children. Would you please read that one for me, Sister Mary Reese? Right, and he says, I have no greater joy. He said, I found my, found my children walking in the truth. He said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. So, the truth, beloved it's not something that we just need to know in our heads that's what happens to a lot of people they never make the journey with the truth and i've been guilty of this and you have too in our lives probably to different extents but to make the journey from the head to the heart that walk right the truth he says is something that needs to be walked in right not just talked about Right? A lot of people can talk about unity. A lot of people can talk about humility. But who can put it into practice in their lives? Who can uh, stay unified? Who can uh, be uh, prefer others better than themselves? You see, it's not just talking in the truth. He said, I don't rejoice that my children talk in the truth. He said, I rejoice that my children what? They walk in the truth and so uh it's just like a person that would go to the beach and sit on the beach all day by this beautiful ocean and talk about how beautiful the ocean was how beautiful it sounded how vast it was but then they they never went in they never you know dipped their feet in they never waded into it oh let us not be that way with god's fathomless ocean of truth but dive deep uh, go to the, uh, what is the that deepest trench out there in the ocean? I forget they talk about it. I used to know the name of it. Yeah, it's so deep. Go, go there uh, to the fathomless depths. God's truth is deeper still than that. It is to be walked in. It is to be internalized 
and then it is to be spread abroad. For what good is it to know about God's mercy and goodness if it is not true? And what good to tell others about truth without goodness and mercy in us? May the Lord bless you and keep you is our prayer. Thank you for your good and kind attention.